0: G'day, folks. AOS Coach here with COVID. Hope you're all doing well, and if you're in America or parts of the world that's celebrating Father's Day, like Jack, um, happy Father's Day. Thank you for joining us live on the channel. Um, we are in the week of General's Handbook 2022 Season 1, and we are talking all... Th- Ooh, look at us. Whoa, whoa, are And we're talking all things Battle Plan. So the new General's Handbook in the realm of Galette, has a whole bunch of things, battle, pl- uh, battle plans, uh, rules, battle tactics, grand strategies. But the thing we haven't covered yet on the channel is the actual missions and the battle plans we're going to play. So I thought, who better could I in- uh, invite to the channel to get my good friend back, Jack? From okay. Rerolling rolling ones, I'm sure you all know who Jack is. But I'll throw it over to you. Introduce yourself. Jack is a legend. Everyone knows Jack. And we yeah. get to meet Um we had a false start a few years ago. I was going to come over to America, play at Midwest Meltdown, and I was going to hang out with you before that in Seattle, mm-hmm. maybe even play a game. But then this little thing called COVID hit, and that trip got canceled. But I'm going to meet you with the LVO. Very excited. Yeah,
1: definitely. Uh, going to LVO, got my ticket. I'm one of the lucky people because they sold out very fast. Uh, yeah, I've, you know, I'm you not saying you don't, You might not know me because I, we haven't been putting videos out very consistently the past couple of years, but – uh, yeah, rerolling ones. Me, Shu, and Brent. Battle Report Channel. We try to be, uh, you know, the biggest compliment I feel we got that I enjoyed was uh, they said I feel like I'm in the room with you uh, with my friends playing Warhammer, and so that's the feel we go for. Not too competitive, but I uh, uh, I'm a fan of Season of War, uh, Seasons of War, and those guys are do competitive podcast uh, podcasts uh, battle reports, and they showed me that there's an audience for that. Uh, And so, like, I do have been filming more competitive stuff that we're going to release soon. But uh, that being said, uh, thank you, Coach, for having me on your show. I hope you feel better soon. I, uh, too, had COVID a couple weeks ago, and it's not fun. Um, And so, yeah, I'm here, and thanks for inviting me.
0: No, it's good. And if I mute myself, it's because I'm about to go into a coughing fit. But I would not let COVID stop me doing uh, General's Handbook content. And today, again, we are going to talk about the battle plans. I'm going to bring up each of the battle plans. Look, there are 12, and if we sit there and, you know, tactically kind of broke it down, we'll be here for 10 years, but we'll kind of give you, you know, what the battle plan is, because I recognize a lot of people haven't seen them or only seen them in Potato Cam. So we'll go through a little bit, give us any initial thoughts, what we like, maybe what we don't like, maybe some considerations, anything that kind of comes up uh, on the, the discussion. but. Jack, you have actually had a chance to play one of the battle plans. What mm-hmm. is your initial view of both the battle plan you played, but also like how are you feeling about third edition GBH twenty two? Any insights? Well,
1: I think uh, third edition is uh, you know GBH twenty twenty two season one is what the game has been doing. It started out very simple. You had like one page of rules, and then you started ramping up with the GHB and got a little more complicated, a little more complicated this like if you like progressed with the game and like and so i've been trying to teach new people and you realize how much there is now that i just take for granted and so this is making the game a little more complicated than it was taking little baby steps but it's like it take it's more tactical you have to actually think whereas like last edition i played a lot of lumineth and i didn't have to think of what uh you know uh, um bat, a grand strategy i took now yeah. it's like it's effort in the same with the missions the missions is take. It's not just all right. This is pretty much shifting objectives 2.0. This is a different like where I'm like, okay, that's the alpha, that's the beta, boom. It is like, okay, this one is active and that one's not active. And if you're on this, and it's like, oh, I actually, it is more tactical, it is more complicated. Uh, and so I think you know, it can be challenging, it can be intimidating, but I think just like anything in this games, so as long as you get reps in, if you get games in, it becomes easier and easier.
0: Yeah, it, you know, what I've noticed is that the, and I mentioned this in any of the videos that people have might've watched on my channel, is back in third edition, you had the grand strategies were pretty easy, right? Hold the line, beast master. There was a whole bunch of them that were almost, as long as you didn't get tabled, or even if you were getting tabled, you just run away one little model in your battle line and hide it in the corner. Merry Christmas, you got your grand strategy your battle tactics became really easy. There was a turn one. There's always like run three models and you, you score your battle tactic. They were relatively easy. Conquer, Monstrous Takeover, they were all pretty simple. When you look at the grand strategies and the battle tactics now, they're definitely a lot harder. Now, mm. the good thing is when I looked at the battle plans, they all got a very similar structure to the, what we had in the past. One, two, and more is very common. Two victory points for your scoring your battle tactic. But as you kind of mentioned, the actual plan itself and how they interact is a lot more complicated. Did you feel the same way or am I kind of over-speculating? No, no, no,
1: over yes. The mission I played, it definitely was complicated. And it was more, there was more strategy involved where uh, we did the first one, which we're going to uh, go over, the uh, prize of Galette. Is um, it Galette, right? Galette.
0: I, I'm Initially when I did my recording, I call it Galette, but I'm like, nah, that's me being too Australian. I'm like, I must be like Gillette. Uh, I think mm-hmm. someone was making, like, you know, Gillette, the best the man could get. <laughs> I so... think,
1: uh, so GW did, they released a video, and they had this Irish lass, I think, and she was pronouncing it. And so it's Galician, it's Galician veterans, and I think it was Galette, or Galette. I, I oh, wrote it i have now. to go watch the video. I'm, I have to listen the to Aussie, the,
0: the, the Aussie twain just goes galact Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, and so the, it was the one where, uh, and, and, whoops and uh combine that with uh, you know when somebody's going second picking an objective that can only be uh contested by a galician veteran that on top of like okay you can only pick one objective that is active this turn like uh yeah it was just like oh i have to really think about this now because it's like it's more complicated than just have more bodies on this thing
0: that's a really good call out and probably good context before we get into the battle plans For anyone who played the last General's Handbook, you might remember the importance of going turn three when there was no primary objectives, where the person who goes second in the third battle round could remove one of the objectives. Now, that rule is not in the game. We're in a completely different area. But in its place, there is a rule called the Proving Ground. And what it basically means is that you can activate one of the objectives on the table, and only those Glitian veterans can score on that objective so um there is one particular one that we kind of interact with multiple times but in most situations um it's only one one of those objectives at any time can be only activated by galetian veteran for the battle round so you'll have a chance to respond if you go first or second Uh, Patrick asking, like, what units should we look for when taking Bounty Hunters? That's a big can of worms. Like, that's, I guess, like, which faction are you talking about? Because there's a lot of changes, right? You've got your mm-hmm. Expert Conquerors and the Bounty Hunters. You know what, Jack, maybe I'll throw it over to you. Do you have any units that you're thinking about with Bounty Hunter Battalion? Uh,
1: the Bounty Hunters, uh, I'll go off first what I played last night. Um, played Brent, he played, we, it was Gets versus Gets, and he put his... Uh, his fanatics inside the Bounty Hunters, <laughs> and that was that was awesome. Because, like, initially I thought you had to put Galician Veterans in it. No, no, it can be any troop. And so, you know, you think about that. No, not that. If you're playing Fire Slayers, putting Grimgrath, uh, you know, a little off things like that, Grimwrath uh, Berserkers in there. Yeah, I don't think gotrich needs it, but he can go in there. Um, and I think they, you can put just anything where um, – I would think something with a lot of attacks. Something like where you're, yeah. yeah here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Anything with mind. a lot of attacks, Anything with like of you attacks. know.
0: I'm thinking like you know, Saurus Knights, for example. Like each Saurus Knight has like seven attacks, and mm-hmm. like you can get all the rend on the bite. You know, you fulminators, things like that. You know, like yeah. it depends on what army you've got, and that does the punch right. Whether it's Doomballs, whether it could be Annihilators, it could be, yeah. as you mentioned, like Trogoths. It could like yeah. we all can look with- at our faction.
1: Also, anything with multiple attack profiles, because each of those attack profiles, like if you have a bite, if you have a spear, if you have a mount attack, everything gets plus one damage. So I would think that would be the best.
0: And I've got to, I've got to quickly check this, because I am pre- I don't want to check the taste and like, don't quote me on this one, I'm pretty sure. But Terrorgeist in Flesh Eater Courts, when they are battle line and lose the monster status, means that terror guys can be in yes. bounty hunters because they're a troop
1: yes they lose the behemoth uh battle not about role and i think if uh you take the sub-faction for uh deepkin the grizzle uh, go. oh no the deepkin ones that make the turtles oh, battle Deepken. line you can put it but i think turtles do fine anyway i <laughs>
0: will have to check the tapes again like i've literally just woke it up and i'm sick mm-hmm. but like yes like there's so much potential when you look at your faction mm-hmm. on heal who deals damage but I think it's going to create some really interesting questions. And the first couple of months, I Mm -hmm. definitely, I think everyone's going to go bounty hunters for the first couple of months. They want to see the raw damage output of their hard hitters. Everyone has at least one to two units of troops, not heroes or monsters, but actual units that go in there and just do the
1: damage. Yeah, like in like you you mentioned, fulminators. Fulminators are still really good. And now you know you're four on a charge and two not on a charge. It'd be amazing.
0: I, th- I think the other consideration though as well is um, losing hunters. I think that's probably something that no one's really talking about very much. And the value of monsters, I think people have quickly gone, I'm just going to drop my monsters and put in more troops. I think like I'm thinking about my monsters and my heroes mm-hmm. to go hunt your bounty hunters mm-hmm. because you're not going to get the plus one damage on me. I can roar at you. I can do other yeah. things at you and tie you up and keep my Galetian veterans safe. Mm-hmm. So that's how I'm thinking about it at the moment. I'm yeah. kind of almost going... How do I counter your bounty hunter as opposed to who just can build the best bounty hunter army?
1: Yeah, I know this is just anecdotal, but like losing hunters, his fanatics who have fight first, like, you know, with them things. I just ran up with my monster and stomped him out, you know, and he had to do D3 mortal wounds and like, oh, now you have two fanatics left.
0: Oh, yeah. There's, there's so much great, you know, Joel McGrath mentioning, you know, um, Rune Sons on, you know, Magma Droths would be another great... Oh, that's, that's sexy. It's a whole bunch of Rune Sons on their Magma Droths under Lofnir. Again, there's so many great different options, I think. <laughs> Give your turtle some big swords and call him Leonardo. I've literally just played the whole... I've spent the whole weekend playing Ninja Turtles Shredder Shredder's um, Revenge. I don't know if you've seen the side-scroller. It, it looks... It's basically hmm. like... Um, Streets of Rage and Golden oh, yeah. Axe, but it's so good. Was this the one so from the nineties, or is this a remake? No, it's literally no, it, it's a brand new game that literally oh. came out like two days ago. I've already beat it once. I'm probably going <laughs> to the rest of the time. Anyway, if I didn't have General's Handbook, I probably wouldn't be talking uh, doing it. But anyway, let's <laughs> actually get into. I'll be in a massive turtles, um, turtles kind of uh, nostalgia. So there hmm. are uh, there are twelve battle plans, um, and fundamentally, they're very different. Actually, you know, before I get into that, Jack, what's your take on just overarching the twelve battle plans? Uh, Do you Um, like what you see? You
1: you know, like because we're both competitive, you know, tournament goers, and you saw the same the same battle plans pretty much over, like the same seven, and there are some you didn't see. Um, There are more like uh, more battle plans that would go into the stuff you wouldn't see. Like everything is like. uh, So I'm just curious, which ones we're gonna. like I would like to see them all in personally. Mm. Even as a Stormcast player, I didn't mind not setting my stuff up in reserves. Some people like, oh, I pay for that with my points, and it affects. But I'm like, you know, sometimes you just you have to work with that. This game is not fair, you know. And we try to make it as fair as we can, but you know, sometimes it's like that. Um, so I am just I'm kind of holding off to see which ones we're gonna are gonna be thrown in the bin, kind of. And so I, I, yeah, I'm excited because they're all. There are some more wacky ones, and I don't mind that.
0: There's probably a lot more wacky compared to last season. And when, yes. when we, do, when I define wacky, folks, when you go to a tournament, you will often find that tournament organizers attempt to reduce a lot of the randomness in the games. There would have been some battle plans, like Gift for the Heavens, for example, or there's other, depending on what Star Strike, or there's always been a version of that. People often kind of lean away for the ones that are too random. Perfect example was, um oh, what was it? It was a, uh, there was that weird one that was kind oh, of in the yeah. same objective the and it moved around like an, a figure eight or the affinity sign. People didn't like those because it's often too random. And when you go to a tournament, something that's too random can swing a game and competitive players traditionally hate that. There is a lot more randomness in here. And I think there's more importance to go second.
1: Oh, so uh, some, and another thing I noticed about some of these missions because uh, I have a friend of mine who makes uh, battle mats with the like the lines on them, right? So th- he's going to have to make new ones because there are objectives in places that weren't there in the last uh, GHP. Like there's like one like f- maybe five and a half inches from the like the edge, and I are like, oh, so there's we're going to have to think of stuff a little differently. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Let's talk about the missions. We'll be here forever. Um, mm-hmm. First off, you've got the prize of galette. Galette. Um, so you will notice that um, they've got the deploy map maps, so deployment maps, which is great. Um, everything's relatively standard, you know, the way your army composition, the battlefield, it'll break down, you know, the, the distance between you, whether it's just your normal territory or outside of nine, relatively stays the same. You'll notice you score one, two more, depending on, again, how many objectives you control. But each of them have relocating orb. Thank you, Joel. That's the one that I was thinking of. Um, I loved it because I created my own little relocating orb. But uh, it was actually a fanatic holding a um a little griffhound. <laughs> it was like holding it for dear yeah, life. Yeah,
1: it was getting dragged around. But the
0: the special rule of, of of the prize galette, right? So you've got five objectives on the table, but it becomes really interesting because you've got the Amber Stone deposits where in this battle, victory points are scored um once they're activated. So right now, while there's only five objectives while there is five objective on the table, none of them are um, uh, are actually active yet. The way they get activated at the start of the battle round, after the players who determine who goes first, basically the person who goes second gets to pick one of these objectives and they activate it. So throughout the game, you know we will eventually get to five objectives that will be activated, but we don't start off with five. Jack, what's your initial thoughts on this one? Do you like it? Um, how are you thinking about it? Any
1: initial thoughts? So this was the one I did play. And there was a question I had. Can you capture an objective that's not activated? Like, do you you, don't, you just don't get points for it, but you claim the objective. So that's a question I would have. And uh, this is, yeah, I, I liked it because, and there was strategy involved because uh, my opponent, he was like, well, if you if I go second, I get to activate my objective. And he was like, Because I had the three middle ones, and so he was like, "All right, I'm going to choose the second, and I'm going to activate the one in my territory, his territory, just so I couldn't get it because it was just too much in the way." And so, and he should have like tactically, like model-wise, killing stuff. He probably should have went because I, I had, you know, because you know he needed to retreat some guys and stuff like that. But he didn't want me to capture an objective, so he let me go and chose the one uh, in his territory to activate, which was, yeah, I liked it.
0: Did you notice that people were fighting to go second, one for the extra victory, a, a CP, but two to have control of which objective is activated?
1: Yeah, I, yeah, I was the attacker and I gave it away. Like I I, uh, I gave away first turn because I wanted to pick the thing and pick which like Galician veterans can capture the middle one because yeah, this one you get to double. What, what about throughout the game? Did you notice that people
0: were vying for going second if you won the priority roll or... Did it not become that
1: important? Oh, no. You know me. It was over by then. I had already won, you know. (laughs) I didn't get get that far in.
0: Look, uh, I think it's a good point. Yeah, and one thing is great as well, as Aaron's mentioning, is that people seem to really dislike the double turn. I can fully appreciate why people don't like it. This is another incentive. You get your extra CP you get to activate the um the objective if you go second so you get a bit more control and a bit more benefit as opposed to being double turned but should you always go second well i guess it depends on the battlefield and how you're going but mm-hmm. really assess if you get the choice who goes first who goes second what's the pros and cons you might be able to activate it but if you can clear off an area and the and, and the objective comes down then or well, you have the speed to go out and um That's probably one thing I noticed about all the battle plans is you've got to have speed. You know, Mm. yes, the game is rewarding you to have like Galetian veterans and bounty hunters, but having speed to be able to move across the board and go hunt for these proving grounds will be critical in some fashion, whether it's a teleport, whether it's going to be, you know, dropping from the sky, just high movement, that's going to be critical. Mm. Agreed. Cool. And yeah, there's, there's a whole bunch of FAQs that need to happen. Like I've got a big one around Black Kings and how that works with Glutoss, the, glutos, Glock, the Glock, the can giving the Black Kings a five, a five wounds. Does that change the glutin veterans? So there's a lot of FAQs that have kind of started popping up, but this is a relatively simple one. I like it. Um, there's some questions obviously on how objective control happens. And yeah, you might be sitting on it, but um, do you, you might just not score it. Pretty straightforward. Oh, I like it. Uh, Next one is, now this is one of my favorite ones, the Realm Stone Caché. And the reason I love it is I'm someone who likes madness on the table. And this one gives me madness. So your territories of deployment is a lot smaller. So you're not nearly as wide as you used to be. But in this particular one, you're all fighting for the center objective in turn one to turn two. Mm-hmm. Then when turn three comes around, that objective detonates. So you remove the objective, but you roll a dice, and basically it scatters one way. So um, as you can see the example, you only roll one dice once, and the both objectives kind of move on that particular pattern.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, the other... Uh, I back want, uh, and I they do uh, clarify that, you know, say if a Gargant was to kick the objective... When it does split, it will have to it will kind of go back and go into where it's going uh, going on with this. This one I could see not going to be in that tournament, the Robestone Cash, because um I know somebody who wants to take a lot of clan rats and might not be able to fit everything on the board. Cause that is just eleven inches by, you know, uh was it twenty or twenty by eleven, and it's just like you might not be able to fit all your models on there, especially if you have a big train. Twenty two by th- twenty two by thirty. Twenty two by thirty, okay. Yeah, tw-
0: yeah. No, 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 22, sorry, 11, it's... it's uh, 11, 11 by 20, uh, 30. Yeah. 11, by, yeah, it's too early okay. for me. Yes, it's 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 50, 50 each box is 15 wide and yeah. 11 up. So you've got you got 11 by
1: 20, 30. 30, 30, yeah, I was wrong. <laughs> yeah, it just seems like it might be really tight if you are trying to go full horde, let's take, you know, 200, 300 clan rats. So, but uh, yeah, anything where it's like, it is like a reactionary game. Where it's like you know it's moving now I have to react to what happened and that's the kind of player I am I see what my opponent does and I react.
0: Yeah and Gareth mentioning a really good point as well like you've got to, if you're bringing faction terrain you may actually not want to de- deploy it at all. If you're running yeah. a realm shaper, you know I mean the, the Gloom Tide is a big base um the OBR, you know, the Nexus, you know some of these terrain pieces are yeah. really but, quite big. So how you, yeah. yeah like how you map that up the board you may actually want to forfeit not putting your terrain piece down because it may, depending on your composition and how many models and yada yada yada, what how many terrain you've got on the table. But um, I really like this. And as you said as well, like when a mega gargant kicks the objective, the Kraken Eater, it doesn't change the location on where the explosion happens. Really, you need to be thinking about the long game. Obviously, you could try to table your opponent, but you know, again, think about how you could potentially go objective controlling. If the, it detonates on a five or a six, because for you to spread out the army across the board um, to kind of secure two objectives, that can be quite challenging. So, how you fight for it is um, certainly one you consider, and the mobility, or do you just hold one and kind of contest for the other?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and I just want to call out Jack here as well. Um, yes, I, I fully appreciate that there is a distinction between contesting and scoring the objective on the last battle plan, but I think it just still does need a little bit of a clarification just for the game. Uh, other than that, Jack, anything that you want to say on the Realmstone Caché? It, it's relatively simple. you would score yeah. one, two more um in the first two battle rounds where there's only one objective you know you're really going hard for control of that one single objective because you've got it you're going to score one and you're going to score more
1: i do have a question now when you go second do you have to pick an objective that has to be contested by galician veterans or you not uh
0: you I'll, I'll bring it up i'll look right now because uh, because
1: there's only one objective so obviously that has to be the one and you're not allowed to pick the same one twice
0: not in most cases there's one battle plan that allows you to choose um yes, the, yes. the proving ground more than once so the rule for the proving ground word for word is at the start of each battle round after the players have determined which uh who will take the first turn uh the player will The player who goes second in the turn gets to pick one objective on the battlefield to be the proving ground until the end of the battle. The same objective can't be controlled more than once, uh, and only one can be marked at any given time.
1: Okay. Can pick. It says
0: can pick. It says can pick. So it doesn't say must pick. It says can pick. So you (sighs) could forfeit choosing it um, if there's one that's not advantageous for you, or you couldn't get your Galatian veterans in on one in your opponent's territory.
1: Okay.
0: Cool. Yeah. Overall, it's an easy one. It's it's a, it's good. it's a good one. It's one that I really like. It's it's going to make you think long term. And when you prepare for turn three, you want to make sure you've got the ability to go and go out and go get the objective, um, no matter where it lands. So, um, uh, it it doesn't say must, Jack. Uh, it says you can. Can pick one objective. I'm, look, I'm literally looking at the book, mate. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> look, I'm looking at the book. Oh,
1: really? <laughs> yeah. Look at
0: it right now. <laughs> um, cool. Third one is battle lines are drawn. Um, so the special rule for this particular one is you are fighting over control of the four quarters of the battlefield. So there are no objectives on battle lines drawn. You are fighting for quadrants. So the way you score a quadrant is no different to the way you score an objective but um the way you score is that you must have the models wholly within the quarter to contest so you couldn't have you split the unit you just can't split the you can't have models sitting on two sides of the territory mm-hmm. um the other one as well uh jack, jack i'm literally looking at it it says it says can um <laughs> Not me, Jack. The other Jack. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll literally bring it up here for you and show you. Um, and then and then uh, the uh, there's another ability that says um, in this battle, n- units cannot be removed from the battlefield with an effect that allows them to set them up later. So you couldn't be able to use like um, the Hand of Gork. You wouldn't be able to use what translocation. You wouldn't use any ability to essentially teleport across the board so mm. uh it does make you a bit more static it doesn't mean that you can't drop in from reserves it just means that once
1: you're on the board you can't be doing any shenanigans yeah. um, I, I like this one especially as a hammers a sigma player because the whole quarter is the objective and so you will always if you're always if you're in the uh the, actually and it's within uh totally within 12 so yeah even if you're halfway through you'll be holding uh anyway uh within 12 of them check anyway i'm just saying you're going to always have a six up save in this mission uh, i'm sure they'll FAQ because you can't kick uh, a, a quarter but um <laughs> yeah i kind of i like this mission I, I hope to see this one uh, at tournaments uh, because it does uh, there is that effect where you you can have reserves like you said but you can't teleport so it's going well
0: to- well in the chat people are calling out a very good point Whoa. is is carriage and overlords and fly high so cool. does that mean that you're not flying high you are literally just driving around the board so
1: and, and that's not even their biggest problem with this ghb <laughs> like they, they're just all right because they have really one kind of melee heavy unit, which would be the engine, engine riggers uh but you know i i actually thought like Maybe they can get a special rule where they can get plus one damage on their shooting as well if they're Galician veterans because they're kind of uh, – they're in a rough spot. But also they might be paying uh, for the sins of the past because when that book came out, they were put in work.
0: Yeah, you know, there's a lot of things that have like, you know, Calibron has teleporting and there's a whole bunch of – like Tree Revs. I can't remember if Tree Revs kept the, um, the teleport ability as well, but you'd lose that. There's a lot of things yeah, that have yeah, happen in, in- game. That's right. Um, so, oh, does that mean Sylvaneth can't teleport as well? No, no. <laughs> I assume that this will not be in yes. um, tournament <laughs> packs because yeah, to punish no. so many armies like KO and Sylvaneth, I, I yeah. as, as cool as this is, I can't see a TO wanting to punish a couple of specific factions, but, mm. um, you as Aaron Craig is saying, you're walking around like some kind of peasant. Yeah. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. i think this one will definitely be in the uh the more like just friendly games casual games and uh yeah because it could just be too like it could really just nerf like hamper your army because ko that's a big part of the thing is yeah
0: Look, it's it's a cool battle, it's a cool battle plan for the average Joe, but yeah, there are some factions that will just get significantly punished. And look, if your tournament does pick this particular battle plan, and you know, for some of them who do announce them on the day, you just need to be able to adapt. You need to really think about if this does drop on me, how do I respond? How do I move around the table and score mm-hmm. without some of my key allegiance abilities? So um <laughs> poor old Kelly saying uh sell Silver Death Tome and delete Silver Death battle plan on the same day. Mm. Um, yeah, crazy. Uh, and Gary, I don't know. Can Gargans kick a whole quarter? Technically, rules is written, yes. Uh, rules as intended, probably no. Cool. Anything else from you, Jack? You score, again, very similar one, two, more, but it's obviously based on quadrants as opposed to objectives. Mm-hmm. <laughs> kick a quarter. The next one is the lurkers below are uh, very similar. You score one, two more. So again, you can see that, you know, it, the actual scoring of itself hasn't significantly changed. Uh, it has three objectives on the battlefield. The two key rules here is the first, I really, actually, you know what? This is, I really like this one. There's two reasons I really like this. One is um, you can't control the objective on the first battle round. Mm-hmm. But it's the first rule that I haven't talked about that I really like it. So the way it works is that this battle round, you contest the three objectives, but you can't contest a second objective before you hold the first. So you hold the one that's in your territory. Once you hold that, then you can start competing for one in the center then once you hold the one in the center, you can compete for the one in your opponent's territory. So there's no shenanigans. You can't go out and kind of like drop your canary down and try to steal your opponent's back territory. You've got to hold your own first, and you can only hold that from Battle Round 2. Jack, what's your thoughts?
1: Uh, this one actually reminds me a little bit of the Vice in the fact that it, you're delayed before you can start going forward. Not that both of them are, you know, long ways. But, you know, the Vice waited for that objective, then it would move. Then you wait you move this one, you have to wait for this to activate, and then once this activates, you can take the next one, and flip that one, then you take the third. Um, and I really, I didn't really, because I usually play like alpha, go, 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 kill them, alpha strike stuff, but I've been doing a lot of daughters, and you kind of want those rounds to stack up so you can get your uh, uh, blood rights going. And so I, I do like this mission, and I do anything where it's the long ways, and you kind of, it, it makes you play a different way. Like you can be like okay i'm uh, alpha charging pigs but now i just can't reach you i'm like hmm.
0: so i think gary kind of nailed it on the head this is tug of war this is literally a tug of war mm-hmm. so you need to be able to hold your objective but it also allows you to if you go fight for your opponent's territory and if you you know your piggies for example your iron jaws if you go really hard and get into your opponent's territory early if you can stop them from holding their own objective Yes, you not, might not be able to score it just yet, but you're denying them from holding their own, and then you're ultimately denying them from holding the centre of the objective. So it does become a very interesting tug of war, and projection of power will definitely help you in the tug of war. Yeah. But yes, to to someone's question, um, does that mean that you can't shove a war? So it means, you know, really turn one, you're not holding your objective. Turn two, you're, you've held yours. You could be vying for the center, to, you know, and then you progress as you go. Cool. Anything else from you, Jack, on this one?
1: Nope. It's good to go.
0: Love it. Next one is in the presence of idols. Uh, presence of idols doesn't have any objectives either. Uh, ignore my 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 tiny dodgy attackers territory map. You don't get the extra one inch of deployment. It's just me being a potato. And you get a couple of things here. You've got, oops, after Sorry. De- oh, that's my voice. Um, <laughs> after deployment and before determining who goes first in the first battle round, you pick three de- different friendly units in your army and they become idle units. Once you have your idle units, half the, mo- half the number of models that flee due to a failed battle shock test, ro- rounding down, um, while they're wholly within six inches of an idle unit have you thought about how this or what type of units might work really well is this something that you'd give to a hero a monster a troop you know especially troops having a large footprint and then you know essentially self-buffing themselves like what are you thinking about
1: i'm thinking of of hordes you know i like i first thought about scaven because i have a friend of mine james he's getting into scaven right now and he's he's the guy who made me think of will we have enough to put in that uh on the second mission then have to uh, deploy just because he, but he's worried about battle shock and this is a mission that will really help because you know say you do fail you're gonna knock me like not as many are gonna run which is great uh, and so it is leaning into that hey this is you know last was a, last time was about monsters this time is about troops and so i'm seeing big blocks of idols you know
0: so you're thinking less about like because you know when i think of an idol i might initially think to myself that's a hero thing but it's not specifically defined as a keyword or a a unit. It could be anything that you want, right? So you might want to pick something that's really mobile that can kind of move around the board and go support. It could already be the troop. And as you said, it could be a self-buff. So those 60 clan rats, whatever, the 60 zombies, it could be 30 witch elves. They can self-buff themselves, you know, 30 Zangor, whatever it might be.
1: Yeah, just like, you know, you don't need an idol. Just you, you're here yourself. They're very self confident, they idolize themselves.
0: And it's great. One consideration, though, is that um, they do, so you do, if you kill a uh, an idol, so there is, you, you've still got your victory points of scoring one, uh, two, and more. But if you look at the fourth uh, bullet point, it says score one victory point for each enemy idol unit that was destroyed by a friendly idol unit during the turn. Hmm. So if you do put in your, uh, I'm going to use my example of me, like if I buffed up my 30 Witch Elves as, a, um, as an idol unit, to reduce the amount of battle shock and because they're battle line that and because they're under four wounds uh, characteristic and they're not mounted. They're also Galetian veterans. It would mean that if I buff my Galetian veteran as an idol unit, yes, I will reduce the amount of battle shock, but it also mean that they'll get plus one damage. So it'll clear mm, potentially, you potentially lose those idols quicker and give away more VP. So maybe a minor hero at the back
1: might be better. Just yep. a question. Yeah, but you know, I think I always think of like when I play I'm sniping out heroes and stuff. Um, you know, Morathi would be a great idol, you know. <laughs> anything like it can be any troop. So could you do, for instance, um Spine?
0: Yeah. It does it's not it's not it doesn't say specifically anything about faction. It's not literally but would you want Cronspine? Spine's kind of running away and trying to, you know, need him kind of in the middle of the board. And if anything, you yeah, I don't know.
1: Depends on your I think composition. Probably, that what you're saying non-Galician veterans, so you people aren't getting the bonus damage. So maybe potentially. Potentially.
0: Because you are giving away the extra VP, the extra damage. There's a lot on the line.
1: Yep. But again, um, this is another thing where we it's not, it's different. It's not the normal. Here's the objectives. And I, I hopefully hopefully this one ends up in tournaments. I would love to play this one.
0: I I can see this one coming into a tournament. This could be like a, a game three type. Um, particular one or even game two I can see it's relatively easy it's a bit of a get into cruise control and it's just about one particular thing next up is probably another one that I really like and this is going to be a cluster <laughs> and um, it's called the nidious path I love it because it is insanity and uh, this reminds me of like relocating orbit's it's just going to be insane on the table mm-hmm. and what makes it insane right is that you've got this thing called the nidious path and there are two two nidious passes so one from the top left to the bottom right and then the top right to the bottom left so there's two pathways like a cross mm-hmm. basically um, there are tunnels and at the end of the movement phase a player can move one friendly unit that's wholly within six inch of the corner that nidious path mm-hmm. and basically teleport them to the other side of the path as long as they're within six inches of the other uh, corner edge outside of nine inches from enemy. So you basically go from one side of the board to another. There's got a lot of things that you need to consider. Jack, I'll throw it to you first before I add my thoughts. What do you think of the Nidia's path?
1: You definitely have to, uh, you know, keep your head on a swivel because you, like, you know, make sure you're defended on all sides because you don't want to leave your back open. And so, you know, if it really hurts – Armies who are elite, you know, if, you know, if you don't have enough to block off the thing in the back, they're just going to pop up right behind you. Uh, I do like this mission as well. Um, Where are the objectives? I, w-
0: I was literally about to quickly turn that off and then actually <laughs> sure. go put them back on. There are four objectives. There's yeah. one here, there's one here, okay. there's one here, and there's one here. There are four objectives. So uh, mm-hmm. apologies for me missing that one. I was sorry, something the nidious
1: path. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. Anything, like again, uh, repeat. I'm on a repeat now, because uh, it's just it's different. And so you know, when I said in the beginning, like there's a lot of more like quirky missions where you're like, okay, this isn't straightforward. And uh, I'm so I've I've seen people not like that. Uh, for me, it's like I accept it. It's like okay, this is the new thing. I can sit here and be upset that this is the new thing, and but I have to. This is what it is. This is what we get. And so let's figure out the best tactics and uh the best way to win this specific mission with instead of complaining like oh I don't like this so that's just me on my soapbox there how
0: how do you feel about screening because I think one thing that people are going to consider it reminds me of a really old battle plan back in the day was it knife to the heart where you had one objective in my side one objective on your opponent's side and then you uh you know you advance forward but if you advance too far you could give away your side of the board pretty easily When I look at that, one of the things that I consider is, if I advance my force two forward, I'm going to allow my opponent to teleport into my backfield. Mm -hmm. But if I um, if I if I sit back and 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 hold it off, I'm not putting my full force in contention Mm -hmm. of the um, um, of the of the game. Do you would you leave units in reserve? So would you leave units in your side of the to kind of block off those territories or How do you uh, think of that?
1: So it, this mission like this, and like you mentioned earlier, like, you know, sometimes they uh, they roll day of, right? But if I saw this in a, a, mission, a tournament I was going to, I would it would probably uh, affect my list building because I would want more troops and be a little less elite just so I can leave something in the backfield to prevent enemies from teleporting behind and grabbing my objective while I try to get the rest and hopefully teleport behind his and grab his objectives you know it's and so you might want like the, again this is the troop heavy uh GHB instead of the monsters and so you kind of it gives you incentives to lean to those troops I just hope the games don't take forever
0: well I think that's why they they have things like bounty hunter because I know people initially thought bounty hunter was looking toxic And I can appreciate that with the plus one damage. But when you think about adding so many extra troops to the battlefield Mm -hmm. without some type of, and there's a lot of safe stacking right now, it will slow the game down heavily. So for me, um, I was, uh, look, and that's probably one context that, look at that, live on screen, fix that up. Um, Yeah, for me, I think I've got to think about, do I want to protect or do I not really care? Or do I want to have some shooters in the backfield that might have? I um, uh, uh, no, can't even use unleash shell because unleash shells a setup, not a move. So I can't even do that to pipule mm. But you know, as Gareth's saying, you know, you could just have a couple of uh, a couple of Aether wings sitting at the back, something really cheap to kind of mm-hmm. deny your opponent from teleporting into your backfield. Nidius path. Nidius path. Nidius. Nidius path. Cool. Anything else? No.
1: Nope. I'll do this. All right.
0: And we, we fixed that up. So if anyone wants a screenshot and start sharing it, um, it's now actually fixed. Uh, the next one is Mighty and the Cunning. Uh, In this battle, the same objective can be picked more than once Uh, to be the Proving Ground. So that's that one where Galetian veterans can uh, only contest the objective. So if you go second in the battle round, you can choose... Um, which one, and you can do also obviously multiple ones, the one that's in your uh, one. Uh, the other consideration as well is you score two victory points each time an enemy Galatian Veteran unit is destroyed, and you score one additional one uh, if the enemy Galatian Veteran was also contesting the objective. So um, this is very much focused on GVs. What are your thoughts?
1: Uh, this is one of the ones I was pointing out earlier. Like, I don't think the, the these... Uh... Objective areas, wherever in the other uh, maps are the last GHB, anyway. Uh, I think these are new uh, locations for the objective, which is cool. Um, yeah, kill veterans, get points. I like that. <laughs> yeah, we so this, we... is, yeah. this is leaning into the, uh, you know, just like, you know, if you had a mission that monsters did more stuff, this is leaning into what this GHB is about, which is Galician veterans. And so, Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, this this is definitely focused on your GV units or your veteran units, um, and it's the pros and cons, right? You get a whole bunch of benefits by running it, but if you go too heavy on it, and I think mm-hmm. this is kind of as Gareth's mentioning in the chat, if you lean too heavy into GVs, then um, you are, in some battle plans, you are giving away extra victory points, you're giving away extra damage to bounty hunters, so you may want to consider how you screen, and the mm-hmm. units that you're screening with maybe you don't want to be to be gvs i was having a chat with someone recently actually and i was looking at cities of sigma you know it's one of my armies people know that's one of my armies and things like outriders pistoliers, um, the dark dark shards the dark riders dark riders all three of them are like little horse-bound troops two wounds each and they all went up five points or ten points and initially i'm like why no one's running them they're not that good you know people are not destroying the meta with pistoliers and outriders but when you think about it they are 10 wounds for 5 bottles they have good movement and they're not GVs because they're mounted so are they going to be really good screens yes they're battle line but they're not screens so so, so they're not um they're not v- veterans so they yeah. could actually be a good either screen um or potential thing to go hunt again
1: those um those GVs oh, that's a great observation, or could, you might be able to do something where, like, oh, this is the general I usually take, but I'm going to switch to this guy because this general I took unlocked these as battle line, and I don't I don't need that anymore. So that's yeah, I learned something. Broken, but like broken ranks isn't available,
0: right? So that battle tactic of losing a um, a battle line doesn't matter anymore. So if I lose a battle line, who cares? If mm-hmm. they if they're veterans, I might yeah. care. But in the average game, again, think about some of these units that are two, three, four wounds. They might be battle line. I know um, Doomfire Warlocks aren't aren't one, but, you know, things that are like that characteristic, Dawn Riders could be another example that could work really well. I think the way you look at your lists are going to fundamentally change. Um, And perfect, Gary, you you nailed it on the head. Non-veteran battle line will be a premium. And Mm -hmm. Pistol is? outriders at least for me because the the types of armies that i run they can be battle line and they're not veterans are going to be gold for cities Mm -hmm. back to the mission mighty and the cunning anything else you'd call out here again one two more uh two for the battle tactic. The way you score your VPs are no different. By the way, obviously all the games go for five rounds. If you go, score your grand strategy, you also score your three VP. Nothing really changed here, which is why I'm not kind of acknowledging that. Um, anything else you'd want to call out?
1: No, this one's, uh, you know, but mostly it's like once you get past, if it's wacky or not, you, <laughs> they're pretty easy.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry. One thing we probably mi- we did miss on the lurkers below is that um, with the lurkers below, um, you can immediately win the game if you control all the objectives. Oh, so yes. one of the, the one of the one of the glorious victory things is um, starting from the third battle round, a player immediately wins the uh, major victory if they control all three. So, so the game like will just was, flat out end.
1: It was described as tug of war. It's more like you know gladiators where you have the pugilist sticks and you're trying to push something off because you're pushing them out of their area. Oops. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Well, I mean, tug of war. Like, if you get that one last pull, you kind of yank them off. But it's, I, I, I did miss that one. Apologies there. Um, Head-on collision. You have really one interesting rule playing out here. Three objectives. You've got yourself your quarters. Um, you what, are going to score. You have a-
1: the uh, you have the objectives backwards. They go <sighs> in no man's land. Uh, Head-on collision. Oh, no, no, you're right. You're right. Eh, that was me. Yeah, I've, I've see the jack the jacks are calling you out. First the jacks are the other jack is saying, Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're
0: right. Just test them. Uh uh actually before we move into head on collision, um, do we like that tournaments end um or do we like games at tournaments where they there's an auto win condition? I might pass it over to you first. What what are your thoughts on tournaments that use battle plans like ones that you can just auto auto win at certain times?
1: well i I think my maybe not the best because I've won games with it <laughs> that, that I thought I was gonna lose and like oh my opponent made a mistake I capitalized on one and so I can see how that can be frustrating but I like i you know I like missions that are different I don't want to play the same mission but it's just we move the objectives around like I do enjoy okay auto win it's better than knife to the heart where it was like one objective which so control at least there's four and uh, now you can't get rid of an objective. And so um, that, I think that was the biggest complaint about the last uh, mission that had that, where you know, if you went third, if you went second on the third battle round and you had three, you can just be like, all right, I'm going to pick this one up and I win the game. I
0: will say it comes down, my personal opinion is it comes down to timing. So when you put it into your battle packs, so for example, right, if you use that in, I don't know, uh, round two or round three it's great if my game finishes early i go get lunch i go um i go get a drink i go home early on on after game three right i can do whatever i want i can i'm at a convention i can go out and go check out the halls and things like that if it's game one that's horrible i could be waiting a significant period of time or maybe go to lunch or whatever it might be but actually no it's game two after usually it's game one then lunch then two game two when there's like a 15 minute you're kind of sitting around doing nothing I I think it comes down to timing. You know, Mm -hmm. auto wins, I I don't mind. I don't mind the actual mechanic itself. It's often when it is in a tournament that grinds my gears. Mm -hmm. You know, if it's like game five, you could have half the field literally waiting to wrap up the tournament um, because their game finished early. Anyway, head-on collision. Collision you've got the objectives can't be controlled in the first battle round uh, and players don't control the objective when you set up. So traditionally when you set, when you deploy, you could then just like move off. It means you're going to have to sit on the objective at least for, at least until battle round two, Mm -hmm. um, because you're not going to score it initially one, two and more as normal. Um, And as I previously mentioned, or might not have mentioned yet, you score one victory point. If you've gained control of an objective uh, and there are friendly veterans within six inches oh, of this one's
1: not one, two, and more. I am I am correcting you correctly. Oh, yes,
0: sorry, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I, that was that was that was being blinded, yes. One victory point if uh, you control it wholly within your territory, two if you control it in the center of the battle, and then four if you control it in your opponent's territory.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like this one because it's like a take on older missions where you know if I have the one in the middle. It's worth two points. One in mine is one, and one in yours is four, except for this is, has a new twist where, like, you – this is the first time I've seen this. You don't control it on setup. You actually do have to wait again, um, which, as a dark, you know, darts again is nice with uh, uh, the, the blood – not blood type, but <laughs> – Yeah, your, your, your blood rights table. Blood rights, yeah. Uh, yeah, and score if you gain control with a uh, veteran. Yeah. Again, leaning into what this battle pack's about, which is Galician veterans and uh, troops.
0: And look, you know, all you need is one unit that sits on your territory objective. And then when it clicks into turn two, assuming that you're you're not against like an ultra aggressive force, mm-hmm. you should be able to at least extend and be contesting for the the center objective while easily controlling your home territory. Yeah. The yeah, question then
1: Use those aether wings that were blocking your nidus path just to hold your objective. There you go.
0: The question then would just be like how quickly and how fast you can project power or then retreat and defend your home objective if you start losing control and your opponent starts to you know advancing. But I really like this, as Joel McGrath's mentioning, uh, I really like it. I could see this being included. Um, it's relatively simple, um, in, in its setup, it's not too complicated, um, and it doesn't really punish any opponents, um, so it's not like yeah, I feel like, I like if
1: you control the objective and you have the friendly veterans around, that means you don't have to like control it with them. They just have to be near, which is nice.
0: Yes, yeah. So you could be controlling it with a monster, but as long as there's you know something uh, GV's in within six, you are scoring. Yeah. Uh, won't back down. I, I assume there's nothing else from you with with uh, head-on collision um won't, won't won't back down uh this one actually i woke up this morning and i checked twitter and the very first comment i saw on twitter was someone uh screaming to high heavens about the how excited they were about a battle plan that gives a four up rally so the big benefit of won't back down is in his battle plan uh the player that uses the rally command um uh, if they receive the 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 rally uh, wholly within six of an objective they rally on a five up. If the unit is a a veteran unit,
1: then you return them on a four up. So (laughs) I don't know. I'm seeing this one might not uh, finish early. This one might go to like battle round five, Uh, six objectives, which is nice. One, two more. Um, Yeah. That's a lot of rallying.
0: (laughs) It's a lot of rallying. It's going to be a lot of bounty hunting too. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's nice to see the the uh improved rally being extended, right? You know, Daughters of Cain, uh was it Nighthorn of Fireslayers, has that his Fire Slayers? Is Fire Slayers. Yeah, there's uh, a couple of factions that have had it. Iron
1: Jaws has it too. So or Ardboard our One thing I did about this battle, the the battle pack is the names. The names of the missions, the names of the battle plans are great. Won't back down. That's just awesome. Never surrender. What's the, is that the next one? <laughs>
0: One thing that you and I, as Daughters of Cain players, are thinking about is the crown of woe where we shut off inspiring presence and rally within a certain area. So being able to shut off that, that is going to be like daughters of Cain mm-hmm. are automatically taking that artifact. Mm-hmm. Now, anything like that that can interact with rally, um, you definitely want to be able to try to shut off because again, as we swap the board, mind you, rally has to happen when you're not in combat, right? So just make sure you're in combat and you can stop the, the rally. But um, yeah, I, re- I really like this one as well. Yeah. Uh, it's going to well, create like, an interesting mechanic—a
1: like a maw crusher or something who can issue. Thinko can do it once per game, but where you can issue something multiple times, so you get like tr- three rallies or something like that. Oh, nasty!
0: <laughs> I don't know. Vince is talking to you or to me, whether it's about the crown of Ro- woe or multing a command three to three units for one CP. But Vince mm-hmm. saying, he- "I absolutely hate it." No.
1: Oh, wow. yeah.
0: We you know, we've don't know a winner, if Vince doesn't like it, I'm sure we'll get a response on Warhammer Weekly. But, <laughs> um, but you know, like if you think about what could be a Gletian veteran and, you know, getting a four-up rally, especially if they are, might be a, a more of an elite-type troop as opposed to even, like, your single wound hordes. Like, heaven forbid a unit of 60 zombies seeing on an objective that have been wounded, maybe have, have not in combat just yet, or maybe they've retreated from combat. You throw out a four-up rally on a unit of sixty zombies that have been, you know, deleted. Yeah, that's brutal. I mean,
1: even like I know we're uh, we're kind of concentrating on the Galician veterans on a four-up, but dragons and fulminators on a five-up. Yes. You know, still, yes.
0: So it doesn't mean that you know you if you had a unit of four Forminators or even the other varieties are actually worth considering you know is it tempestals and Concussors, the other versions of them mm-hmm. I actually yeah, think they yeah. have a play now yeah. at the moment too yep just not yeah. the other one the desolators they're not <laughs> they're not good But you're 100% right as well like yeah, we are we talking about veteran units but also your non-veteran units are going to get a five up rally so for any of those elite troops as you mm-hmm. mentioned whether it might be the you know you storm trust um, dragons, you could be your alapexes if you run you know multi, you know um, uh, the, the the combo two sharks.
1: Yeah. Anything like that, mega
0: gargants you know, in the little stomping the little your man, thing. Your man, crushes. No, man crushes, yeah. I wish I could rally a mega gargant on a five. No, no, not.
1: All right. Oh, so the next one. This good. One. Yeah, it's it's
0: it's a good one. I really like it. I can see it being used. Um, you gotta think about your um your 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 rallies. Honestly, um, I could think see about how you can one, deny.
1: I could see this not being in tournaments just for the but I think it's fun. It's a, it's a blast, but just for time wise, I could see it not being in there, but we'll see.
0: I was gonna say I could see this particular, but you're hundred percent right. I was gonna call this out. I can see tournament organizers having to really crack down on the speed of this one, or maybe this is like game three when you know the day is ended and it can kind of go over a little bit longer because this would have the tendency maybe not to go to the full five rounds um, as you're bringing on extra bodies and and I see it being really slow. Yes, Storm Fiends, there's a lot of things that you could fit into this five-up rally. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Um, The Silk Steel Nests, again, another cracking uh, name. Thank you for calling them all out. There's some very interesting names, very lore-focused. A couple of things you need to call out here from the Silk Steel Nests. Objective pillaging. We haven't seen this just yet in this particular um, General's Handbook. So starting from the second battle round, you score victory points um, and you can – so after you score victory points – you can pillage one objective that you control that's wholly within your opponent's territory and you have a unit within one inch. So you can't leave the objective and burn it. You've got to have a a model that's within objective of it. Um, And if you do burn the objective, you score one extra victory point, you remove the objective from the play and you can only do once per turn. Sounds pretty good. We've had something like this in the past, but I love the second part. It's because it's risk versus reward the risk is a scuttling Horus where after a, an objective has been pillaged, um, the player who's taking uh, taking it away rolls 2d6 for each unit that is within 9 inches, both friendly and foe. Um, and if the 2d6 roll is equal to or greater than the bravery characteristic, that unit suffers d3 mortal wounds.
1: <laughs> I love this. I really... Like, it is, it is everything I love about Warhammer where it's just like, you know, where you can hurt yourself. I'm glad you can hurt uh, enemies as well, but you you can suicide something and burn an objective, and if it's surrounded, it's great. Um, I do I love that you can only burn one a turn, because I I had a bad experience getting double-turned by Mega Gargants in the last uh, battle pack, where all of a sudden there's one objective left, and I haven't gone a second time. So, I uh, yeah, I think that balances out a little more. And I love just the, the flavor of the Scumbling Horn, because we are in the uh silk still nests so there's spiders around and uh, yeah we gotta pay for it
0: hopefully that means there's a new spider units and and rules and kits are getting that new book fingers
1: crossed yeah, fingers crossed they need new models for those spiders and it's been a
0: long time since we have fought over eight objectives and this can be challenging right because you and i have both played in games that have lots of objectives and it becomes a real interesting side game here is that do i try to defend them all And that means that I don't have many units that go and attack my opponent's territory. And it means they can use the bulk of their force to defend against one or two of my troops that I'm going to slingshot out. If I'm too aggressive, it means I'm leaving my home objectives kind of relatively free and my opponent can go aggressive and try to get to them. There is a In the way you play this and how you stretch or maybe you start to lose a particular flank, how you kind of move your force forward what are your experiences and any advice you would give somebody fighting over eight objectives?
1: Uh, Yeah. I think before the game starts, decide what you're going to do. And so it's like, you don't want to, you don't want to split it. Be defense or offense. Yeah. I think you choose one and just go for it. You know, size up your opponent, see what they're doing and uh, yeah.
0: Push. Reality, I actually haven't looked at the Skaven book just yet. Uh, I'm sure other creators might have, um, so I can't tell you if they've had any unit changes um, when it comes to their size. Jack, do you know if they've had any?
1: Uh, no, they're all the same. You know, I'm cool. in, all right. I mean, Braimax start is 20, so you get to 60. ogres are two. And so you can max, if you have a molder guy, you can make them six. But Traditionally, the way I play plans like this
0: I will focus on maybe three or even two of my objectives. I'll kind of concentrate my force. I'll usually castle the way I like. I'll castle my two home territories, mm-hmm. kind of stretch out a little bit to be tagging this the 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 side objectives, and then depending on how my opponent responds, I can quickly kind of shuffle and move my force, and then mm-hmm. kind of consolidate and then break away. I find if you try to start taking. Uh, if you try to kind of secure four and then try to be aggressive, it just collapses too quickly. I rather concentrate, capitalize on one area, and then kind of spread across the board. That's just my thinking and how I like to play it. Okay. Uh, I think one of the second – I think we've only got a few left. I think it's the second last one. Yeah. The second last one is close to the chest. I love this one. Like love this one. This is definitely Tetris, and it, there's very much like they are in your home turf, right? So you can see on the map here, it's very different. You have basically both a defensive and an offensive deployment territory. So you are, it's all happening on this L-shape. Um, the player is going to basically pick one of their objectives to be their Alpha objective, um, and that happens. So the map shows the objectives where um, basically at start of each turn, the opposing player picks one of their own home objectives to be the alpha objective, so that you're essentially trying to defend a particular alpha objective. Mm -hmm. Um, You score one um, for one objective, two for more, three for uh, more than your opponent, um, one, two, and more, uh, and then also an additional one if you score the alpha.
1: Your opponent's alpha? Uh,
0: Yes, yeah, if you score because yeah, your opponent... Because yeah. when it's my turn, you'll choose your alpha. Yeah, so you choose, and then I'm trying to fight for that particular alpha that you've de- declared. And then when it's my turn, yeah, we, yeah, we get it.
1: Yep. This would be an interesting one if they're playing uh, and they don't have any Galician veterans or anything, just like, all right, my alpha, and you want second. Like, the alpha objective is going to be the Galician veteran objective, and they can't take it. Or the yeah. Well, actually, no, hold on, because...
0: If I go, if it, if you go first and I get to pick a, if I get to pick which one is the veteran or the proving ground, I can just pick two different ones, right? I could just pick one that is a alpha and then a completely different one that would be the the proving ground, or I could do both. So it could be easier yeah. to can kind of control.
1: Yeah, just I'm just saying, you're, so they score more if because the, the defender picks the, or uh, you know, so if you have their alpha, you get a bonus point. And so yes. if you say, well, the, the alpha is also the proven ground and you don't have any veterans, you're not going to be able to get the bonus. Ah, right. I, that, I get what you're I, I'm with you, you now. Him. Yes. But most people are going to have veterans, so.
0: Well, it depends on which objective you pick. So if you pick the, I don't know, let's say it's the bottom, this mm-hmm. one, right? This is probably the hardest one to contest. Like, right? yeah. If you're thinking about where the opponent's going to set up and how long it's going to take for them, if you're picking this one, Or at least you're thinking about maybe in the early games you're picking these two to be your easier ones to kind of, um, uh, what's it called, Um, proving grounds. When you're getting towards the, you know, the center in the middle of the fight, you want to protect this particular one, make it a lot harder. Because, yeah, your GVs might not be able to get there in time. Again, depending on what they are. Yes, uh, just kill the veterans. Easy clap. Easy. That's what I do.
1: (laughs) Just table you, then I'll figure out how to score.
0: I mean, you know, anything that comes in from reserves will always be helpful here as well. So you can kind of your opponent in, get them deeper into the line, and then, you know, you've either got to wheel around them or come from the side or teleport somehow. But
1: Good little one. Do you think this one will
0: be at tournaments? I could see this as maybe a game five.
1: Mm, yes. I think it's game five.
0: It's too complicated. Not too complicated, but... It certainly feels like a day two somewhere, where maybe it's start of day two and, and game game four, where people have a fresh mind and they're and they're ready to go. There's a lot of complexity here, not it's not super complicated, but it's just a lot of moving parts.
1: Yeah, I hope it's not game okay, four. I'm like I'm hungover and like
0: <laughs> so. This, this I can see this as a day two. It's, it's, whether it's game four, game five, I could see it being used there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then finally. Go from,
1: eight, go from eight to six to two objectives.
0: <laughs> but we talked about picking on certain units, and I've already seen some people having a cry about this one because this also picks on certain armies um, because no units can come in from reserve. So all units be, must be set up on the battlefield. Jack, I know you've got a question about this one, yeah. um, and I'm sure you'll want to share it in a second. But basically, um, all units must be set up on the table. Um, if a unit is set up in reserve, um, they are slain. Yeah. The other rule before Jack mentions his two things is: um, summon units cannot shoot or charge in which they were added to the army. I love that rule. I love it.
1: Okay. Uh, yeah, we'll go with the uh, the question I'm having. So hopefully I FAQ this. Don't cruel boys? They can. They have like a dirty trick where they can make you put some stuff off the table in reserve. Now, if they did that, those units would be dead.
0: Yes. Well, but potentially, right? Because. Potentially. Yeah. We, we were having this discussion before we started. Is we say, right, well, as let's say Jack's a cruel boy, I'm a whoever, it doesn't matter. I put my three units on the table, and then the dirty trick happens. Uh, what it's before after after everyone's deployed, but before the first battle round starts. So, have I technically deployed and do I avoid that, or do I sl- just slay by three units, or is the rule did GW intend that? I I struggle to think that that was their intention. That rules is written right now. Yeah, I see what Jack's saying, and I would say that right now you would just automatically slay those D3 units. Yeah. But I don't think it's their intention.
1: Yeah. Oh, and, uh, interesting question by uh, Gareth. Do you get blood tithe for setting up the units of reserve? I wouldn't mind starting the game with more blood tithe, <laughs> but I don't think the games start yet, right?
0: Uh, Andrew yells, calling out uh cruel boy tactic happens uh, after you get the command points. So it sounds like, so you've deployed them on the table, but you've ticked into battle round one because the command points are being issued. We'd have to go check the tapes. Yeah. But, but it says what, right from, here, what we're hearing,
1: the thing I'm looking at, like, cause there's a period that says if a unit is set up in reserves, all the models in the unit are slain and the unit is destroyed. That, that doesn't say when you do that. There's a period if a unit set up in reserve, the models are slain.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I, th- I think we, we just need some clarity, um, yeah. you know, because look, they can't do it to everybody. It can only happen to non-reinforced units if we were. Look, cruel boys are not destroying the meta right now. So I mean, <laughs> it, 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 It's going to be a nice little trick for a couple of weeks at best, but I can't yeah. imagine that was their intention yeah. if, it, if it does happen, but it is what it is. It's like, yeah. it's, it's not a four up as well. So yeah, yeah, good. Th- thanks for the additional clarity, Andrew and Joel. Um, so, yeah. some very interesting things coming. Anything else you want to call out? I, I, oh, I think yeah. the um,
1: oh, besides on. the two things, is you know you got one, you got two, and if you have uh, and if you have more than your opponent, so one, two more, and uh, Battle tactics. And I think what we're eighteen apart, point? right? It seems like it's eighteen uh, most of the time, and then twenty-two the other times.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's either it's either um, twenty two or eight or eighteen difference between yeah. the two. Uh, oh, you yeah. can't do it to a hero. It's it's only non. Okay, we're getting some. Cl- anyway, this is not the Cool Boys Show. This is the Battle Plan Show. <laughs> <laughs> what, are, what are your thoughts on the Killing Ground? So summoned units cannot shoot or charge in that turn. So, um, mm. what are your thoughts about that? Are you a big summoner in the list that you run?
1: Um, no, because um, my heart. Well, there'll be a, a piece of my heart that's for Slinish. And so I've been trying my best. We actually had a a guy up here win a GT with him. And I'm just like, can I just sit under uh, the learning tree? Because I need to, I have a beautifully painted Slynesh army that I just don't take out. So seeing that, um, and, you know, they go off summoning a lot. Um, It's just, uh, again, it's something you'll have to adapt to. Like, okay, I know in this mission I can't do that. And I can put on a boo-boo face about it. Or I can, uh, you know, figure it out.
0: Yeah, I, I, ca- I can't imagine too many units are worried about not being able to shoot after they've been summoned. Like Pink yeah. Horrors, for example, you if you summon on a unit of Pink Horrors, they'll often shoot. But it's not like they're, the, I mean, they're chip damage usually at
1: best. Yeah, um, I'm thinking more see- the charge. It's like, yeah, go on. Yeah, and it's a 9 inch charge anyway. So just pretend you failed it. <laughs> there you go.
0: <laughs> yeah, that that. I just I was just thinking in my head for example um uh, soul blight when soul blight bring on their units back onto the battlefield if they kind of roll the the dice at the end of the battle round but that wouldn't interact because then it's they're adding it in the turn that just completed so it wouldn't impact the turn I was just thinking about some of the order sequence but I like it I think it's interesting it, it creates some interesting differences in the game um, but I think the challenge is with no reserves, traditionally at tournaments, we've avoided those types of battle Mm -hmm. plans um, just because it punishes Stormcast too hard. But also there are other armies that get punished a little bit too hard. So not saying don't use it, but I just find traditionally at tournaments, we kind of shy away from things that punish a faction too hard.
1: Yes. And uh, it looks like the Lunar Wolf in the chat is saying uh, you can't pick that dirty trick uh, with no reserve missions. So answer my question. Thank you
0: cool no thank you very much um but good yeah good appreciate that there's always so, so
1: many nuances here uh, anything else you'd want to call up with turf war nope uh, no uh, yeah like i said i don't think we'll be seeing that at tournaments and maybe there was like two two definitely i don't think we'll see three uh three or four like maybe which you know hey it's kind of like last year <laughs>
0: So, so I was looking at, um, so friend of the channel, Gareth Thomas, Thomas, who, um, you know, I know, I know he chatted on Warhammer Weekly from representing the, like the ITC, the East Coast, West Coast crew. I know he has a, I think he shared oh, um, a battle. I'm just looking at this, um, third edition battle plan that's coming up. And I know he announced for his tournament or the tournament he's involved with, um, Round one would be, oh, no, he's got multiple. I think he's picking from a pool. Sorry, ignore me. Oh. I, was going to call it, I was going to call it like the five that he had picked, but I think the next couple of weeks you'll see people just picking different battle plans and having a tester. I think most people will just want to give it a crack, and, and I don't think we really know just yet what, what we'll settle into. But the other consideration as well is that we're only here for six months. So it's oh, yeah, not yeah, like yeah. We, we, we're not going to settle in. By the time we kind of get into a groove and – most people set a tournament for their first one. I think we're just throwing darts at a dartboard because by the time we kind of go, yeah, these are the five, six tournament missions we really like, it'll be the new
1: season. Indeed, indeed. Uh, yeah, I hope like it doesn't I hope it doesn't the new uh, uh, GHB season two doesn't change it too much. Cause you know, I could see people like, okay, I'm ooh, I'm going heavy into this army that I'm getting, Galician veterans. And then uh now. You know, I have all this stuff, but I can. You know, it seems like 40k does that now, where it's just constantly go, 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 switch, 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 switch it up. So I can see it, like so. Enjoy it while you can, because it's gonna last six months. And uh, I, for one, kind of like it. It's like we this game is so different than the game I played as a child, where you got a, a book, and then years later you maybe get another book. Who knows? Uh, and just so it's just a growing, living game that is constantly moving. And I, I actually dig it. Uh, did they announce
0: uh, a, the two a year for AOS? I assume you're talking about um, the the seasons. So they've, they've mentioned that the seasons will happen for six months. So that's why it, that's why this is season one. Um, traditionally, this would just be general's handbook, 2022, 2023. Uh, but it specifically does say season one on there. So they have, they have said in Warcom previously that um, it is a six month season. So, I imagine that's going to coincide with a whole bunch of things. I know there's questions on things like the Battle Scribe and the Hunt and how that plays around. And correct me if I'm wrong, because I know Warcom's been down with the download section, but the hunt, the hunt where you used to give away extra VP, that's gone at the moment. You'd have to sure wait for you'd have to wait for an updated version since this has kind of superseded the hunt. Okay. No, no, no. That's a question. Like I, I've got to clarify. I know I, do... uh, I
1: was reading that if your book gets updated, it goes away or changed, but like do points adjustments count towards that?
0: Well, that's what I'm wondering. Like does the general's handbook now count as because the general's handbook has started, we kind of reset. So I think there's uh, some questions and some clarity that I need to kind of get my head across. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, one of the interesting things is yes, six months is a fast turnaround. Um, but yeah. it also means like, the same is...
1: You're building an army and you get it painted and then the the new book is there because it's like, this does take a while to paint this stuff. L- the
0: Lunar Wolf saying if it was based on a battle tome, I hope that's true because I- I'd love to just know where we stand. When I went to go check this, um, there was a 404 error on the download section yeah, totally. of Warcom, so I couldn't actually clarify that. But I think, you know, to the point of, um, of the six months... Maybe you and I can talk about this a little bit to kind of wrap up the show because we are both veterans. We have played this game for a long time now. I think both we both played this from um, version one. The game was, I don't want to call it stale, right? We could go to an event and it would be the same battle plans, You know, whether it was like in the old general's handbook, it was only six battle plans and we kind of moved to 12 and 18 and we fluctuated ever since. But we always kind of settled into a bunch of battle plans that we liked. And there was, there was always these outliers that rarely got picked outside of like casual, random type tournaments. What are your thoughts on the six months, right? Because if I'm thinking about New Year new Army, if I'm kind of like, if I'm somebody that doesn't have a whole bunch of Ikea shelves full of models, I've got to go build, I've got to go paint, and then potentially by the time that I'm ready to hit the table, um,
1: there could be a new general's handbook. So six months to me feels too fast. Um, but a year, like if we're... Because I thought this GHB would be in a new realm. I was surprised that it was GER. Because in my head, I'm like, okay, we're popping. We're going to go from GER. We're going to do a tour of the mortal realms. You we're know, doing Shyish and popping around. That's why I assumed. Um, but if we are going to do that, I think, because there's a lot of mortal realms, you know, what, it's going to be, what, eight years from now by the time we get done. So I could see six months, but it does seem too fast because you uh it it does take all of a sudden you build an army for this book this this battle pack you're ready to go to the tournament and it's announced because it could take you six months to paint an army Yeah.
0: yeah i i think it comes back to what most content creators would say to you and that is pick an army that's that's cool like pick something that's long term you know yes the meta shifts quickly and look contrast paint is great to help you kind of speed up your painting if that's kind of what you want to do but you know Pick armies that are cool. You can work with you know uh, the timing that you've got available to you. If you're not a fast painter and you know you want to try to jump into Gallatin veterans, for example, that's fine. But just know that in six months' time, the meta could fundamentally shift. And then season two of this particular General's Handbook, maybe this part of Gur is all about magic. Maybe the next part's all about magic and we unlock the next part of the Vault Wars and there's going to be a whole bunch of new endless spells. Not that I know this, but just all of a sudden the incentive structure fundamentally changes and you're constantly chasing your tail to a point where I see this in 40k, people get burnt out because they're chasing the meta too hard too quickly. It's costing them a lot of money. They're unhappy with the level of hobby. So for me, you know, be a collector first mm-hmm. and buy things that you're excited to build, paint, and play with because the meta will change so quickly. Mm-hmm. We've seen and it if, happen so often.
1: And if it is going fast, it's like it's also healthy to take breaks. I take competitive breaks. We're just like, you know what, I am – and, you know, I'm just not into it right now. I need to pause on this, you know, and then, you know, this game, the community is going to be here. That's one nice thing. It's my favorite thing. I use uh, Warhammer as an excuse to hang out with people and meet people. It's it's like this happens to be what we bond on. But, like, hey, where are you from? Where are you playing? Seeing the paint stuff. Um, yeah. So, this one. And as Martin Orlando
0: said, you know, the question is going to be how much does Season 2 change the meta you know, season two just might be a tweak and we are staying with troops, right? It could just be a minor tweak and maybe there's no veterans. Maybe it's going to be more about cavalry. Maybe the other area is now the there's no elite cavalry in, in, in Galette because of the way it's kind of structured. But in the other area, I don't know, the shock troop arrive. I don't know. Like, we, it could just be a minor tweak. It could be a wholesale change like we have saw from monster hero meta into troop meta. But, you know, as a collector, Joel McGrath mentioning, you know, I'm happy I'm happy for six-month updates, but, you know, really focus on being a collector. Um, Maybe final question for you. Do you have a particular favorite
1: battle plan that you
0: – yeah, what's your favorite battle plan?
1: Uh, what was the name? The, uh, the one where I called out the name of it. <laughs> uh... while,
0: while I stole you then, I actually agree wholeheartedly with Jack here, um, Clamidus Tale Jack talking about I would like to see Battle Scroll. Now that we're in a six-month kind of um, season, I could see the Battle Scrolls coming in mid-month, mid-book. Mid, mid so book dropped in June, maybe like August, we start to see the the, the adjustment, like what needs extra victory points or what needs a points change. Um, and then we kind of move into General's Handbook,
1: potentially. Yeah. I, I, I like that. Uh, I will go, my favorite mission is won't back down, the rally one. I just think really you know <laughs> i don't know if we'll see that at tournaments but it's my favorite mission in the book i i, I think the I, I talked
0: about the realmstone cachet the explosion that that mm-hmm. to me is my favorite i think uh i love that element of randomness it just creates because one thing I really hate, especially my my gripe with Battle Regiment, is certain armies know for a fact that this is how I want the first couple of turns to play out, and I hate that certainty because it's a dice game, and I always love the appreciation of being able to respond and and counterattack and do all the things and not have a plan. I can have an idea, but who knows where this is going to scatter, and I need to adjust on the fly. That's, that's mm. why I like those types of things. Yep um i think that's kind of oh, all right final question because we do have a friend tuning tuning in from spain um i do believe uh argon was or there was someone anyway do you think the meta is still going to be scissor paper rock that we've seen in the past
1: yeah yeah, yeah. i do i do i you know and I, I don't mind that you know you just you know sometimes you have hard counters and like especially like the list the way i build armies i sometimes play off meta and super skew and then you can be like, oh, I wasn't expecting to see that. Like, I have a, a buddy of mine, Bear. He's doing very well with uh, Sons of Behemoth because, you know, people are like, oh, they're not good anymore. And it's like, no, they'll still mess you up if you're not expecting them. Yeah, I think the Scissor Paper Rock
0: now has changed from an army that's focused on veterans, an armist, army focused on bounty hunters, and then probably an army that's focused on hunting the bounty hunters. So not worrying about veterans and they're just going after those things that do big damage and they couldn't care less. So and then obviously yeah, Vince giving you some shade. Jack just plays the skew the skew shooting. You are the was it the guru of Shushu. Yeah. <laughs> You're not worried about that. Yeah, yeah. Um so yeah there's a lot of a lot of things to consider. And look I, I will say Max Oz I actually agree with you here one of my closing comments is that there are a lot of people who, and I was actually having this, so I'm, I'm a part of the Australian Masters Committee. So Australia has like a like an ITC um, for the Americans listening to this. or so, you know, like the, the T-Sports Network has their ranking system as well. But we, we have our annual like Masters Committee and it's usually a year, right? And I think probably one of the challenges we have at the moment is how do you run a competitive season when now two generals handbooks are going to cross over? It was easy to align your competitive season by generals handbook. Now with two, you probably aren't going to run a six-month season or you might see the latter fundamentally shift significantly or how do you run a tournament where you, in the past you might run it and it kind of ends in this general's handbook and then you start a new one. I don't know. A lot of thoughts to consider here for us. Yeah. I mean, um, Jack, anything you want to shout out? My voice is killing me. This COVID thing, I wish it would F off already. Oh, um, but well, do you have any closing comments, any thoughts, any
1: shout-outs you want to make before I go back uh, into bed and die? Um, so, again, you know, Speedy Recovery to you, my friend. I want to shout out just the AOS community. You guys are awesome. You know, I know uh, he's in the chat right now, but one of my inspirations to even make content uh, is Vince Ventrella in the chat. He does have a Patreon now, which I am a member of. I, I give him money. Uh, and the, uh, J- the Jack who is uh, commenting, Jack Geiger, he's actually a local player. He's a great guy. So we'll shout him out. What's up, Jack? Can see you there.
0: Jack shouting out Jack. That was awesome. And if, be, if people haven't seen your channel, which I'm sure that is like maybe one person on this whole YouTube, uh, go check out Rerolling Ones. When's your next battle report and what's it going to so be about? Week, give us a, give us a sneak week.
1: peek. This week we have, we have two in the can. Uh, Shoe, uh, so Shoe actually, I got him to go to US Open Seattle, which was great. And the best thing he said about it, because he's not a tournament player, he said, I'm a better Age of Sigmar player now than when I first went. And so we filmed the battle report and I thought it was just, shoot, just shoot. You know, what is it? He he systematically picks me apart. And I was like, where did this guy come from? I thought he was just going to suicide thank well into a whole army of Seraphons. But no, he's using tactics. He's like, well, I could charge here, but I'm actually going to go kill this guy over here because he's on the objective. I'm like, where is this? I want my friend back. And uh, yeah, so uh, you will get to see me get my butt kicked by shoes. So.
0: so what you're saying is seasons of war? You're on notice. You're no longer oh, yeah. the, the most competitive <laughs> channel. You've got you've got the rest of re-rolling ones have become. They're gonna start podium. There we go. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, everyone. I'd love to hear what your favourite battle plan is that we showed off uh, in the chat. And it's all, and one thing, you know, I know that sounds like a YouTuber just trying to, you know, get comments <laughs> yeah. the algorithm gods. But I think it's also a really good thing for a tournament organiser to look through chats like this to go, right, well, these are the types of battle plans that we all want to see in our packs. Because as a tournament organiser, it's really hard to pick 12 without any experience or haven't played it multiple times and I don't want to ruin my event. I I want people to have a good time. So leave in the comment section what your favorite battle plans are. What would you like included, um, for your next tournament? And if you are a tournament organizer, check the comments and see what people are picked. And who knows, maybe there's a data point where we can show later on what people's favorites are and, you know, maybe break it down a little bit further. But, um, Happy, happy Father's Day for anyone who's celebrating Father's Day today live. It's not Father's Day in Australia. It's September, but I'm also not a father. Um, but my dog <laughs> spoils the crap out of me. Thank you, Jack. You're a legend. Thank you, everyone who joined in. And thank you to all the, the patrons and supporters of the channel. Appreciate it. Thanks for sticking around until the end. I hope you found that video interesting and you walked away with a few new ideas. If you did, I would appreciate it if you hit the like on the video. as well as me a comment. Let me know what your thoughts are in the comments